community relationships, any of that, I always like to compare it with a, with a tree, with something that grows organically. You cannot just put a seed into the soil and like pull out a whole tree tomorrow. You'll have to nurture it, you have to water it, you have to make sure it is, it is getting everything it needs and you have to wait <laughs> and be patient. And then ideally, in the outcome, everyone has fruits and shadow. Hello and welcome to the Community Podcast by CoMatter, a series of conversations about how people connect, engage and participate in today's hyperspeed world. My name is Severin Matusek, this is episode 20 and today's guest on the show is Yusef Hamuda. Yusef is the Global Director of Culture and Community at Adidas Running. He's one of the founding fathers behind Adidas Runners, the global running community that unites thousands of runners in more than 65 cities worldwide. You might have seen them if you live in a bigger city. It's usually groups of 10 to 30 people, clad in black, with the AR logo on their back, running through the streets and mostly having fun doing so. In my opinion, Adidas Runners is really a prime example of how a brand can build a community. So how exactly did they do it? That's what I wanted to find out from Yusef when I met him at the Adidas Run Base in Berlin. But that's not the only thing I was curious about. As a listener to this podcast, you might know that we're not only talking about brand communities here but a lot about things like democracy, power distribution, technology, and transparency. Some of the ingredients that are crucial to building communities in today's time and age. And usually brands have a very hard time with that. Why is that so? First of all, because people don't trust brands as much as they used to, especially when they're big global players. Secondly, brands usually rather think in terms of short-term success instead of long-term, making it very hard for them to invest in building authentic relationships in the long run. And thirdly, because by nature, the goal of a brand behind building a community is ultimately to sell products. And that makes it hard to build an authentic community. Are brand communities being planned in big conference rooms by a team of marketing experts with millions of dollars in their back? Yeah, sometimes. But those are mostly those that don't really happen by coincidence, that are being planned top-down instead of bottom-up. And mostly they don't really work from my experience. But that's not the case with Adidas Runners. Like many of the most successful communities I've seen, this project has humble beginnings and grew by carefully listening to its audience. Its success does not lie in a white paper marketing strategy or budget, but in the people that drive it. People with a vision, a certain mindset, and a passion for what they do. That's what I learned from this conversation with Yusuf. But you'll see for yourself. Here's the community podcast with Yusuf Hamada. Welcome to the community podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, Yusef, you recently ran a marathon in Boston. How was it? It was absolutely horrible, <laughs> simply because it is a very, very tough marathon mm -hmm. with a lot of hills and Heartbreak Hill, one of the steepest hills, has a reputation. But I must say that it is absolutely insane to see hundreds of thousands of people from before the starting line until the very, very end supporting the crap out of you. It is absolutely insane. I've never seen something like that. I mean, I live in Berlin. I did the Berlin Marathon three times and th there's already a great audience, especially if the weather is nice. But what, what uh, Boston has shown there was uh, a support on another level. So that was something I take, uh, I take home as, uh, as a very remarkable thing that s s helped me soothe my pain. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about your role here at Adidas. You are the global head of community of Adidas Runners, right? Can you tell us what does this role mean? What, what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis and what is Adidas Runners? Adidas Runners is a global community of uh, runners um, in more than 60 cities at the moment. 
we have probably 300, 350,000 uh, registered participants. Um, we are organized in um, city groups where in each of the cities we have captains and coaches to organize, manage, and operate the community. The idea is that starting from our brand DNA, from our belief, which is through sport, we have the power to change lives, to really understand and, and translate that into something that is meaningful and that can really help people thrive in their personal athlete career. And uh, my perspective on that is, if we want to be the best sports brand in the world, it is not gonna be enough to just deliver the best product in the world. Uh, because it takes uh, a lot of guidance. And we know that building up a network of community members that would not only in their respective city find coaches and captains to help them understand their potential and help them unfold it, but also uh, build connections across cities, across continents all over the world. That is something that uh, we feel uh, is very unique to the program we're running and that has just uh, delivered on awesome results on the uh, let's say business side, but also very, very emotional, uh, very interesting personal uh, stories behind these people who are doing this every day. Mm -hmm. And Adidas has been around for 100 years or 80 years, I don't know, like for a while, 70, yeah. 70 years. Yeah. Um, was it always clear to Adidas, you know, that it's not only about the product, it's about telling people how to use the product? Um, a very good question. I believe it is a little bit the nature of our times that mm. Adidas realized we have to do things differently. I started off as a city manager in Berlin in 2014, and uh, the key challenge was that Nike, uh, or our key competitor, was dominating the city um, in all key uh, performance indications, as in uh, brand love or uh, business success. Mm. <clears throat> we have um, done a lot of research to find out what actually is expected from a brand like Adidas, what people need. And we found out that we live in times where people are actually highly distrusting us brands. And therefore, what brands need to do is to gain back trust. Uh, and, and you cannot buy trust. You have to deserve it. And that's, I think, the key thing to understand. It's not only a great shoe that would help people trust you. Mm. you know? it, it requires more than that. And the, the more here is the factor relationship. And we believe in relationship as a universal concept, as in no matter if you have a relationship with your pet, with your kid, with a colleague, with your partner, it always follows a simple three-step process, which is it starts, it has to be fun, right? Um, most of the brands end there. They create fun experiences and that's it. But relationships are more than that. Second one is um, you have to have a conversation and exchange on eye level. You have to understand each other and be ready to also understand a different opinion and act on it. And the third level, and that's where hardly any of the brands I know get, and that's where we feel the beauty in this kind of marketing approach lies, is when you as a team, as a relationship, um, grow to something that you would never be able to achieve on your own. That is the highest form of relationship. And if we look at this model, and apply that to what we're doing, then this is exactly starting from let's just have fun. That can be races, that can be in-store events, parties, whatever. But it also means the next step is understanding each other. And that requires you to reach out, to have conversations, to listen to your target audience, but also to people who you maybe um, um, uh, who, who you know 
don't you don't have they don't have a positive opinion of you but listening to those people especially will help you to better understand what you have to actually change mm. and that in some to cut it short has uh, automatically based on the dna that we have changing lives through sports created an approach that would be relationship focused focused on a positive transformation in people's lives and therefore complementing uh, our product portfolio with that relationship element to it and uh, changing people's lives for real have you have you got any what you say is a very modern approach to marketing it's very people based it's very it's based on transparency it's based on actually taking the risk to open up to to other opinions which is to a lot of brands very new like because brands and corporates usually want to control everything they are very uncomfortable with giving away power freedom to people to create something that they can't control so has there been any voices within the company or within the organization as Adidas runners grew and developed where they're like, are we sure we want to do this? Is there a danger to that? Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely on all ends. And it's okay and it's and it's and it's understandable because mm. um if you are in charge of uh like significant budget and you need to have your shareholders trust in you making the right decisions you of course want to know exactly how you can achieve that controllability mm -hmm. in this regard and communities and relationships and all that kind of stuff is not necessarily the easiest to control and to measure like try to measure love like mm -hmm. what is the kpi the roi of your mother right mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so that kind of uh, that kind of talk um, always leads to um, a level of trust you know and uh, i was very very lucky to have the chance to work with leaders within the company and uh, within my specific organization who would trust this approach and who would understand the mechanics behind it and who would see this unique and genuine opportunity for us to stand out because there's no other brand that has a global brand community that is actually authentic, that's living, where people um, use our platform not only to have a relationship with us as a brand but to build new relationships with each other so uh, you have no idea how many uh, couples have actually come together because mm -hmm. of adidas runners and how many babies are on the way i mean for real that's something that shows me we're doing something right but coming back to your question i think that um the pushback has led to the following situation we were always challenged with the measurability of success of course And the key question was in the beginning, what do we actually want to achieve with Adidas runners, with this community approach? Is it, do we want to sell more shoes? Is it like simply commercial success we want to measure? Or is it uh, brand love, brand heat, net promoter score, things like mm -hmm. that? It was very clear from the beginning that what we're doing is clearly going in a direction to, to change the way people see the brand. If we want to be the brand that changes people's lives through sports, then this community approach would definitely be a great opportunity to, to really apply that and be tangible about that. And that would change people's minds about it. Because um, if, if a brand tells you, hey, if you like, use this shoe, you will be the fastest runner, is like less credible as if a friend tells you, man, I have just finished my first marathon and uh, I did this together with these Adidas Runners guys and it was amazing. So that's why... Um, It was a lot of trust involved and it forced us to create a set of KPIs, key performance indicators, that would help us to prove our approach is right. And it took us a couple of years, I must say, um, until we were able to deliver these results. Because community, relationships, any of that, I always like to compare it with a, with a tree, with something that grows organically. You cannot just put a seed into the soil and like, 
pull out a whole tree tomorrow. You'll have to nurture it, you have to water it, you have to make sure it is, it is getting everything it needs, and you have to wait <laughs> and be patient. And then ideally, in the outcome, everyone has fruits and shadow. And um, therefore, I was, I'm really, really happy that we had the chance to grow this over quite a few years now and now deliver on KPIs that everyone is very, very happy about. And now we finally have the chance to give back to the organization and provide uh, success data that would uh, also uh, like silent those voices who would continue to doubt what we're doing. Okay. I'm super curious now what these KPIs are. Are you? Can you give one or two examples of KPIs that, that you developed over the years? Of course. Um, in order to give people a proper idea of what we're doing and in order to um, take everyone who would be doubtful about this um, uh, serious, uh, we, we decided to, to create a very, very uh, in-depth, holistic set of KPIs. It starts with the memberships, and alone for the memberships, we have a whole funnel from uh, people who are interested, as in part of our Facebook groups, to being registered, to being, um, uh, to to coming to our runs for five times because you have to earn your way up. You know, for example, the Adidas Runners shirt that you see, you would never be able to buy it. You have mm -hmm. to earn it, and you can only earn it if you run with us at least five times. So the number of people who have unlocked that to the number of people who come on a monthly basis, which we believe is the right way to measure relationships, because. You know, relationship is always if you continue to exist together mm -hmm. and not just like go get your free shirt and then rock off again. That's the, the membership part. Of course, then we have share of voice. We, we count how many um, uh, brands people wear when they come to us and, and then see how it devolves over the time. Uh, like how many of the uh, running shoes people are wearing are Adidas. Some people are scared. They, they, they post that in Facebook groups. Oh, I'm, I'm having shoes from a competitor. Can I come? And we always be like, no, of course you can come. There's no like obligation to wear our brand. It's just mm -hmm. our opportunity to show us what we can do for you. Then... Um, we have uh, the whole um, uh, uh, brand heat measurement, which is called NPS, Net Promoter Score. I'm sure you're uh, yeah. familiar with the concept. That will help us to uh, get a better understanding because we measure that not only in within the community, but we also measure it in retail. We measure it on our e-com. We measure it anonymously in cities to really understand um, how the different uh, peer groups uh, uh, react differently uh, when it comes to deciding if they want to recommend a brand or not and how the level of identification actually changes. And these um, dynamics between these different KPIs give us a great idea of how it works. But that's not even all. We also measure the market share in the respective cities. Uh, we measure the number of test shoes people are using, etc. You know, one of the, the things that we always heard is, guys, we are investing a lot of budget in this. Uh, how many people do we actually have active active members? Mm -hmm. And they were expecting that we say millions. Yeah. And yeah. we're like, uh, maybe a couple of 10,000 across mm -hmm. the world. I mean, 65, 66 cities as per today. Uh, and, and that's quite a good number, I think. But for, for a global cooperation, people are used to like a lot of zeros mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. um, and people were like, ah, why are we investing so much money for those uh, few people? And we were like, because those people are the ones that are going to recommend us as a brand, for real. They're really going to do that. They're not going to just say, yes, I say nine or ten when they're being asked. They're actually actively going to do that. And now we did um, 
so-called earned social media analysis using a service called PicoDash mm -hmm. that would help us to track our hashtag users on public Instagram posts. And the result was that in the time frame between July 18, and we've officially launched the global framework in May 18, mm -hmm. until end of March 19, we had probably 18,500 people posting on Instagram using the hashtag Adios Runners, like mm -hmm. individuals uh, with, I think it was a, a probably 150,000 posts. Mm -hmm. Uh, creating an engagement of 30 million likes and comments, which already is quite a great ratio. And uh, those 10, uh, sorry, 18,500 people have uh, reached um, a, a unique audience of 143 million people and um, uh, created an organic earned social audience of uh, nearly 1 billion. Mm. And we've benchmarked that against the uh, competition and against own other projects and realized that that is a huge success. And that was surely one of the um, uh, arguments that helped us uh, a lot to, to get to the next level and really keep on pushing the envelope. Awesome. So let's go back to 2014. When you started as a city manager, uh, you guys uh, looked at the competition and then, you know, you came up with the concept of Adidas Runners. And now it's a global thing. 65 cities, thousands of members. What happened in those five years? Uh, first of all, when I started, I didn't have that much gray hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Um, the, the September 2014 launch of what we call Adidas Runners today was actually a, a project called Boost Berlin. It was a different approach, uh, was not as holistic as it was today where, where mindset, nutrition, recovery, movement, uh, gear are key pillars of our approach to really meet all the runners' needs on all certain levels. It was rather something let's try to, to, to create a, a good group of people in a three-month pilot where we just meet, run together and understand what we actually want to achieve. Um, it has turned out that that test pilot phase where we just invited five people from the Berlin ecosystem and had them invite 10 people and we just uh, uh, organized everything like a little party here, a little uh, uh, speaker session there. Uh, of course, a lot of runs and workouts in between, including yoga and you have not. And uh, it turns out that that created such a great vibe not necessarily because we were like the best runners or we had the, the most awesome scientific approach to getting people running faster, but just because we really managed to create a, an authentic community. And I always said that it is impossible for a brand to create a community. What you can do is you can create a great framework, pull in the right people and hope for the best. And uh, the, the better the quality is of your framework, the better quality is of the people, and the better the fit to the DNA of your brand, the more likely it will work out. And that's the thing that we've learned in these three months, that mm -hmm. people were just loving to hang out with each other, that they wanted to be with each other, that they had shared ideas, shared values, shared beliefs, shared convictions. And that's what a community is compared to a network, is people believing in each other. And um, since that was a closed group, all these people around this group wanted to be part of that because they realized it's fun. They could see that on, on social media and from what people talked about. And therefore, it was easy for us to scale. We had to actually always stop people to we only like send out, like in, in the startup world, you know, had a few invitations that we were, were available and then we limited. And that way, we, we created a little bit of a desirability around this. 
And while we did that, we learned a lot about what people actually need and what a beginner needs and what a, what a pro needs. It's actually the same, you know? So what we've understood is that while there are communities out there for the fast runners, for the cool runners, for the for female-only runners, and you have not, uh, we were understanding that our window of opportunity, our niche where we can be the right answer to a lot of questions is we are the community of runners that makes every runner better. And that requires um, competence. That requires a holistic approach to meet the needs of the runners. It requires the right locations, the destinations, and the right partnerships. Um, so that means building these little district groups with the Bruce Berlin team, building local partnerships, creating these research projects with all these individual runners and captains and coaches. Back then they were called hosts. has resulted in... Um, and in this, the, 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 the creation of the Berlin brand experience ecosystem that I could then utilize for all the other categories, for all the other initiatives, product launches, etc. as well. So when we had a new uh, Pharrell Williams super color, superstar launch in the original sphere, the biggest fans of that were our runners, right? Mm -hmm. And we had, when we had something special going on with a, with a, a football product where the national uh, German team would launch their uh, new uh, jersey and at the football base um, then we had people from the originals from the running and from the football uh, landscape and the basketballers as well coming along having a few drinks and that way what we've created was this community that would actually go beyond running beyond football beyond category it was a brand community and it was a real one it was authentic people got to know each other people liked what we've been offering we increased the um, the, the, the life quality to a certain extent uh, for people who were part of this ecosystem. And that made it, made it so successful that after three years, the um, market share doubled in running. Our uh, NPS value has um, uh, increased massively and the delta to our competition has decreased massively. That has led to not only the competition focusing a lot of uh, um, funds to, to re-attack on Berlin, but also on the company understanding that uh, using this model and rolling it out in other cities might be a good choice. So they kind of like started a little internal pitch where different categories were, were allowed to offer concepts of community. And um, we had the opportunity to um, start there with our running uh, concept of the Adidas Runners. And uh, we were the, the category that convinced the senior management, so we, we got funds and we got the resources we needed. And that's uh, what we are doing since November 17. Okay. So how did you replicate this framework that you created here in other cities? Yeah, that's a very, very good question because that was probably the hardest challenge uh, at all because... Um, while we were doing this Adidas Runners thing in in uh, Berlin, Frankfurt, Munich, and Hamburg as well, I must say, mm -hmm. it was in that time frame I was uh, in charge for these four cities. Um, there were a lot of similar um, projects being launched in other cities because they saw, ah, this is cool, it could work, let's just try it too. So they used the same brand, they just took our logo that we've created for the local region and then and then we had uh, Adidas runners uh, all over the place in, in pretty much every continent already. But the concepts were completely uh, different, as you said. There was no alignment, no clear uh, central idea message that we uh, wanted to get out. So the biggest challenge when I took over in November 2018 together with my partner in crime, Ed Eduardo Rodriguez was to um, 
to build a framework. And that means use what we already had and rework it in a way that it would be applicable in every city in, 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 in the world. What we did was um, really break it down to what the key aspects of this philosophy are. So we did a lot of education in the beginning about relationship building, about uh, the difference of fireworks, which is marketing, and just like the uh, next day you don't know who paid the drinks, and fire, which is the exact opposite of investing the money over 365 days, 24-7, which is a little bit harder because it's not easy to just like say, hey, tomorrow we have a launch and then it's going to be, we can, uh, Tuesday, we know the results, you know, you have to kind of like believe in it, continue to doing it. That means internal education. Then uh, what we did was really do a thorough assessment of what profiles do we need for captains and coaches. We work together with those uh, departments in our organization who are in charge of having um, relationships with influencers and, and entertainment specialists, etc. But then again, we also wanted athletes. So it was a little bit of a different, difficult situation because our organization was set up, uh, still is, that on the one hand we have the lifestyle uh, influencers, uh, that, that's called the entertainment and influencers, and then we have the sports influencers, which are the sports marketing assets. Um, and actually, we wanted to, to find something in between. So we have to actually create a new profile that usually wasn't existing in our organization and uh, started to brief uh, all the key city teams and all the city teams, marketing teams in the markets, uh, finding the right uh, scope of people. Some of them already had them. Some of them had to be changed. But that was uh, surely a very important element to it. So building a 500 slides framework which we we call it the bible people hate us for that document a lot i still i still think that none has actually ever read it through <laughs> but except for you lena um but uh, then uh, the 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 recruitment brief was the second most important one and then creating global activation elements for example like uh, this year we have realized that we need to do something for the female running audience and that's why we decided one of the key projects we want to push is a program for for female beginners running beginners to run their first half marathon that's simply because we've learned from our, one of our uh, focus groups that um, for the female runner um, running has a very very interesting aspect uh, in their let's say in their in their grow-up phase, especially when it is uh, early in their life, when uh, they say that they create this breakthrough moment, when they've accomplished the first marathon, they didn't believe in it, they even hated running, which we often hear, that, that, that for them was something that showed them how powerful they actually are and how, how amazingly influential they can be. And they compared it to the first time they broke up with their boyfriend or the first time they told their dad that they don't want to study what, they, what he told, what he asked them to. So this kind of, uh, this kind of uh, possibility to, to assist uh, a certain demography to, to reach their, their goals, unfold their personalities in the best way, using running as a vessel was a great thing for us. And it, it checked so many boxes that we decided to use this, create a, let's say, a toolkit around it, which is a 20 to 30 slide PowerPoint, of course, send it out to the markets and give them, um, let's say, often two, three hour um, uh, sessions uh, on the phone, uh, virtual through, through Skype or whatever, uh, people and markets use to guide them through it, uh, coach them and ask them questions and help them, qu uh, uh, sorry, not ask them questions, but answer their questions. And then um, have regular calls with markets and people so that, that my day-to-day my -day life is 
60-70% um, update calls with markets and cities to answer their questions, to, to get interesting feedback, to understand their, their situations and learn from it to better um, uh, work on new toolkits, new activation concepts mm -hmm. that would then be relevant in the next season. Okay. Um, from your experience now with Adidas Runners, what difference does Adidas as a brand make in the back? What makes it unique that Adidas is part of it? That's a good one. Um, let me put it this way. I was surprised by how much easier it was to operate Adidas Runners when we changed the name from Boost Berlin to Adidas Runners. Oh, because the one reason we had in the beginning was because Adidas' reputation wasn't necessarily where it was supposed to be back then. And we shied away from using Adidas as a name for this thing. As well as, as you can see, that um, we don't want to compete against crew culture, right? That's why we're not a crew, we're a community. Mm. And crew culture, as in the, the, the Paris Run Club, the Brooklyn uh, Runners, the Bridge Runners, Black Roses, NYC, however they're called. Every big city has, has, has their crews. And they always uh, manage to, to get a lot of um, respect and, and uh, a lot of um, um, attention and followership, but not necessarily a bigger impact, as in they, it wasn't their interest to create a global movement. It was rather an interest to create a local movement. And ma many of them succeeded highly with that. Mm -hmm. Many of the crews connected to become the Bridge the Gap movement, which uh, was probably the first time 10, 12, 13 years ago, where um, running has actually grown out of this dull running on tracks or running very long distances with no meaning <laughs> to become something that's culturally relevant. When we decided to rename it to Adidas Runners, it was simply the mind of a strategist to understand how to connect the dots between building this program that would result in brand love. You know, trying to how can we can we make this brand hot again? Using running as a vessel, understanding what the DNA, the, the core of this brand is, which is through sport we have the power to change lives. So it was a natural conclusion that what we did now actually came out of it. It was nothing that, that was just a crazy idea of someone. It was something that has naturally evolved out of this core. And that's what I love about my job is to be able to do like a very logical, hands-on strategy work uh, with a brand that really has a great core and has something that creates value in people's lives and has the sense of sustainability. And, 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 you know, while we decided in the beginning of this conversation to not get too corporate and not get too um, uh, promotional about it, I must say these are my personal convictions. I really think that uh, I, I work for the right brand, and that's why I do that. That's something that only Adidas can bring to the table. And the other way around, that's something that um, if Adidas would do it, it has to be the way Adidas does it. And that's why uh, the way we do it uh, convinces people and creates a lot of recognition, acceptance, respect by those people who would usually shy away from working with brands. And that, again, in their peer groups, in their social cultural surroundings, uh, creates some kind of disruptive effect because they usually think, well, brands are always bad, always commercial, they always want to fool and manipulate us into buying stuff we don't need. Mm -hmm. And why is this person that I always deem to be a superhero of my subculture working with this brand? Why are they even putting their brand uh, on their shirt and being proud of it and posting about it all day? It's because we're, we share the same values. It's because we have created something that would really make a difference in people's lives. You know, the way it works now, you have a Facebook group in, in every city. And, and as a member, you know, you can just go to Toronto or you can go to Dubai and just enter the Facebook group and say, hey, 
I'm Zeverin from, I don't know, Vienna or wherever, and uh, I'm an Addis Runners and I want to see the city. I've never been here. How can I join? And it will always be someone who's like, hey, cool that you're here. Come along and you'll have friends immediately. You'll see the city from the eyes of locals without having to study books and you will be invited to the best parties that you would never see on any online guide. And all that kind of stuff is, is what makes us so special. So the success of Adidas Runners that started in 2014 here is driven by people like you who live and breathe these values, who run themselves, who see this platform as an enabler for themselves to pursue their passion. So over the last six years, did you have down moments where like, I hate running. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore, but I stand for this community. I can't do this anymore. Or what keeps you going? I just last like look, looked at my CV for for a couple of months ago, uh, just to to I think it was preparing a speaker profile or something, and I realized that I have actually except for the companies that I founded myself, I never been and even those I actually always skipped jobs or switched jobs after three to four years. It was my natural rhythm, and it was because I get bored quite fast. <laughs> and um, I must say that the reason I am still doing this um, is because first of all the city manager role. It was the first city manager in the world of Adidas who like seven months after they hired me actually officially pronounced, uh, announced their, their key city-driven uh, uh, business strategy. Uh, so that was I, there was no reference. I had to invent this myself. It was the opportunity to work as an entrepreneur in, as a startup within a big cooperation with all the freedom and also all the hustle that, that comes along with it. Then I had a down moment there in the last uh, six months of that role. That was the second half of 2017 because I just realized uh, as someone who is very driven by entrepreneurial ideas uh, that I wanted to do more than the, the infrastructure that I was actually uh, able to, to work with what was able to deliver. And that created a lot of frustration for me and for a lot of people I work with, agency, company, people, the team, and Herzog and Auer. And I must say that I just had to really learn that it is so important to focus on the most important things and, f and understanding those things, especially those that you cannot necessarily measure in success so well as you know the, the, the weekly sales report. That, that, is, that was surely something I learned a lot about. So when I came to the global role, I would work more in a bubble where you work with others who work in a bubble <laughs> because they create concepts that then are being sent out to the markets, which then would send it out to the cities for th and those other people who actually apply it and, and, and understand and learn from all the experiences. Mm. So that is not necessarily a bad thing for me because I like working high level and very strategic and very global. I really love that and it's a, an amazing opportunity I can do that. But it is true that after a while it was clear. So we have produced this 500 slides toolkit in let's say six months, which was insane. It's a book actually. Mm. Um, and we have uh, briefed everyone and everyone is now, now uh, doing and operating this. And except for some people starting a new city in Adidas, Adidas Runners, there's not much uh, changing. That's what I thought before I then realized that um, we have delivered work that would have uh, made the, the brand curious about how the, um, the, the 
insights and benefits that come along with what we've been doing the last couple of years can be applied to other areas of business as well. And that's, of course, where, where it got interesting, where I was uh, happy to be invited in, in conversations around how can we use these learnings and, and maybe take it to another level. So that's something that I'm uh, currently very interested about. So that's where us, uh, like you and me, are very uh, similar interested in how community relationship building can actually change the way consumer marketing is being done. Because I'm a strong believer that um, the last six, seven, eight, maybe ten decades, back from when Edward Bernays started with propaganda in, in uh, 1928, his book, um, till today, that we have a great opportunity to change what was manipulation to be inspiration, to change what was like very, very commercial and very... Um, driven by the interest of a few to something that sees brands as properties that belong to all of us, where agencies, stakeholders, like the shareholders, as well as the customers and the employees would work together collaboratively to create something that is uh, helping everyone and not only a few. And that's something that drives me. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Hey, I'm still here. First of all, thank you, Yusuf, again for doing this interview and sharing your insights with us. I really find it very interesting and left very inspired uh, after this interview. I also want to thank David Noel, who made this happen in the first place because he introduced the two of us back in 2018. It then took a while to actually make the interview happen, but now it happened and I'm very glad for it. Another big thanks to Sabina, who's our amazing podcast producer and makes these episodes happen every two or three weeks. And um, Adidas Global for allowing us to do this interview. I know we're a fairly small podcast in Adidas Global terms, and I was very glad that we could take the time to actually chat in detail about all the uh, about all the stuff that's behind Adidas Runners. I also want to thank the two people who came back to us last week, um, who listened to our previous episode and gave some feedback and ideas. Thanks a lot. We really love it. And we really encourage everyone who listens to this podcast to just reach out to us at hello at comatter.com with feedback, with ideas, with critical uh, notes, and so on. Uh, last but not least, uh, we're currently running a survey about the State of Communities 2019. It still runs until uh, mid-June 2019. So if you want to take part in that, it's 18 questions about the future of communities and about how we connect in 2019. You can find the link uh, on our Twitter profile and our LinkedIn profiles. Just check it out. It only takes a few seconds or a few minutes to fill it out. And the results are very interesting so far. So we hope that you might participate as well. If you're interested in the topic that we just talked about with Adidas Runners, you might want to check out episode 13 of this podcast as well. This is where I talked to Sarah Clark from Rafa, uh, the cycling brand from the UK, who is also doing a pretty fantastic job at building a community around their brand. So check that out if you're interested in the topic. And uh, yeah, subscribe to this podcast. We have new episodes every two or three weeks. Um, tell a friend about it. Listen, give us feedback. Hello at comatter.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you. And have a great day.